What is up, everybody? I know that my voice is not the first voice you're used to hearing in this episode because Mr. Joe Sir knows how to talk and he does it really well. Um, but unfortunately, um, Joe is actually sick. Uh, he was in the ER yesterday, so y'all go and send him all your good vibes. I know he really wanted to be here today, but you know, I told him to take care of himself. And plus, we have a veteran joining us on the show to take and not take Joe's place, but to step in and kind of just handle things while he was gone um ladies and gentlemen no, Tony's- joe's out i'm in yeah joe's out no he's gone oh is that what you're saying yeah joe's out yeah I'm, so this after is this the episode, new get I'm be so good yeah pretty much welcome everybody dude tony thank you for stepping in man i know it was like really last minute that we asked you to do this and um pending good, bro i'm always happy to help out with get low dude we appreciate it. And you guys might be hearing a lot of Tony because supposedly Joe still has an oral surgery for getting his tonsils taken out. So he's not gonna be able to talk for a few weeks. So Tony, you may as well just get comfortable, man, because you're going to be here a while. Hey, we'll see how it goes. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it though. Uh, but everybody, yeah. Uh, if you know, Joe, text him, send him a message, tweet him, whatever. Just let him know you're thinking about him. Yeah. And I know he wanted to be here today. But, you know, he's going to listen back to this episode and he's going to hear us talk shit about him for an hour straight. And uh, hopefully he enjoys that. So, Tony, how are you, sir? I can talk as loud as he does. I'm doing good. It's been a good day, man. A lot of good good music's come out recently. Been getting into a lot. Um, I know there specifically, and Joe and I talked about this a little bit last week, but I wanted to talk to you about this anyway. Uh Um, Have you heard the new Ice Nine Kills album? Solid banger. And it's been coming for a while. All those singles they put out leading up to that, they were Dude. phenomenal. And then when it, the whole thing just dropped, it was, it was amazing. Incredible. Like, I think that that's one of my favorite albums to come out this year so far. Um, and then also, as y'all listeners know, I got to talk about my boys in Under Oath. They just dropped a new single today. I don't know if you've heard it, Tony, but it's a fucking banger. I, I actually haven't heard it yet. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, it? called... I heard the last one though. Yeah, so you heard "Hallelujah," "Damn Excuses," and um... oh my gosh, I just had Chris on the episode last week, and I can't remember. Pneumonia, <laughs> pneumonia, pneumonia. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's uh, it's is featuring it, uh... Ghost Mane. Really? I don't know if you know who that is. Interesting. But, yeah, no, it's a weird combination, but it works. I know he's. Ghostmane has done metal stuff in the past, I've heard. So it's a very interesting combination, Under Oath and Ghostmane. Yeah, it works, though. So when you go after this episode and you go and listen to it, uh, let me know what you think, because I'm anxious to hear what you thought. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a spin. Oh, also, have you heard that Knox Loose album or EP? I have not Only like heard five it. songs, I think. I haven't heard it, but I heard it's fucking amazing. And I heard there was like a movie so, to go with it. Yeah. So here's the thing. I don't think anyone listening to it for the first time should listen to the EP without watching the video. It's basically, um, it's basically a music video, like, uh, for the whole entire EP. So it's like 21, 22 minutes. It's animated like a Pixar movie. It's so good. And it just, it's like, it's the greatest, like the music and the video go hand in hand perfectly. It's honestly phenomenal. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. If you like really heavy, sad music. 
Yeah, so kind of like how we tagged you in for Joe, Knock Lose tagged Pixar in. It was like, yo, let's go. Disney yeah. meets Metalcore. Essentially. <laughs> yep, yep. It's great. It's great. Everyone should go listen to it. Now, um, Tony, let me ask you a question. Was there anything special happening today? I know like Joe is really bummed out about something about this episode. Do you happen to have any idea why? Unfortunately, Joe, when we say he's missing out, he is missing out because we have a phenomenal guest on the show today. Yes. Uh, you, you, you've probably known of this band for the last decade, at least, if not more, because they have been around for quite some time now. And they've been making bangers since as long as I can remember. Dude, I remember, um, I know we're going we're gonna to drag this out, but I remember when I first heard this band, um, and I just remember being like enthralled with what I was listening to. I was like probably 13 years old when I heard them for the first time. And I'm 23 now, so it's been a decade. <laughs> and uh, dude, I'm, I'm really excited yeah. to have the guest on the show that we do today. But before we introduce our guests, yeah. um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play you a song. And uh, me and Tony both just listened to this song. So even though you've uh, you've all figured out our trick of not actually playing the song while we record this, we did just listen to the song. So here's a good song. Tony, introduce the song. song. All right, everybody. If you haven't heard it already and this is your first time hearing it, buckle up. This song is called Somebody by Memphis Mayfire. Let's go. Somehow I feel the weight deep down Yeah, you know 
bro. I so y'all y'all listeners just heard the song. And Gosh. the only the first thing that I'm going to say about this single that chorus. Oh my god, yeah, the that, vocal melodies, all the guitars, like it just it's just a perfect blend. And the production on this song is literally top notch. Like the production I'm on all I've the singles so far. I know. Amazing. Honestly, like um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow any of their past work away, but this is it's like a, a ladder. Every single release they put out is just better and better. And you always wonder after the last one, like, can it get any better? And it always does. Well, let's ask them if it can get any better because Tony and our listeners. Our guest today is Kellen McGregor from Memphis Mayfire. Dude, welcome to the show. What up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So how how's it hanging where you're at? And where are you at? I know you told me, but I forgot already. I, I'm in, I don't know if you can see it on the shirt. Oh, okay. Nashville, bro. It is, it's on his shirt, Aaron. Come on, man. Dude, I wear shirts that have Los Angeles on them in some form. So <laughs> I, I figured okay. I would wear a shirt that said the city on it. Just like when, you know, a band goes to a city and you're like, oh crap, where are we? And you, you know, yeah. you got that thing right on the front of the stage on your set list that says like, you are in Dallas, you know, like. <laughs> I wonder, so let me ask you, that just brings up a really interesting question. Do you know if any bands that you've played with or like their lead singers or Maddie or anyone has ever accidentally said, what up Dallas? And they're actually in like Austin or something like that. Like, does that happen? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Matt's done it once or twice. I definitely have seen other folks do it. Or like sometimes if you play like a suburb of a, a major city and you just say, you know, the, the, the major city, mm-hmm. sometimes they, they're like, Hey, we're not, you know, we're so-and-so like, <laughs> you're like, Oh my bad, yeah. my bad. <laughs> I've noticed a trend lately of a lot of bands will just say the state. Um, that's sure, yeah. in the last, since, since I've been going back to concerts since COVID, um, mm-hmm. I, I always hear like, what up Virginia or what's up North Carolina. Well, I mean, it's like, it's, yeah. it's like the safe bet. Like if you're unsure, just say the Virginia, like the whole state, like, I mean, it's like an easy getaway if you forget yeah. the, the city. Yeah, play it safe. Better, better safe than sorry, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so, funny. Y'all just, y'all just wrapped up a great tour recently. Can you tell me about that? Who was that with again? Because I, it slipped my mind. Yeah, it was, uh, it was with Breaking Benjamin and Papa Roach. Um, Dude, so it was huge. a lot of fun, man. Yeah, so huge. I, I was able. I wasn't able to get out to it, but I, I caught some YouTube videos of you guys' set a few times in a few different cities, and it looked really fun. I really wish I could have made it out to one of the shows. Yeah, man, it, it was, it, it was too short, unfortunately, as you know, it was very short. I think it was only like maybe three weeks. Um, but you know, both, both bands, everybody in those bands and even their crew, they're just all really, really chill, super easy to get along with. You know, they've, most of them have had their same members for a while and have the same mm. crew for a while. So everybody's just like a big family they're very inviting, you know, it's just like, you just kind of like meld into this one big tour group, you know, it's, it was really, really cool. Yeah. Dude, that sounds awesome. exciting. Yeah. I was just no. thinking like, imagining, I, I think that's one hell of a tour to come back on though. It's like, Hey guys, remember <laughs> us? We're Memphis Mayfire. We're dropping all these new singles and we're about to go on tour with Papa Roach and Breaking Benjamin. Like what a yeah. comeback. <laughs> it's a little stressful. Yeah. You're not, you know, going from not playing shows for a year and a half to playing, arenas and two or three new songs you know in front of a couple thousand people every night was was a little stressful the first couple of shows but after that it was just like you know you fall into the routine of it 
I was going to say the excitement of being back on stage though, probably outweighed the stress. Am I, am I correct in saying oh, yeah. that? I mean, dude, after the first show, we were all on the bus, just like looking at each other, just like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> like, you know, it, not doing it for a year and a half is, was, was wild. So like getting to do it again, was like hit, getting that ad- adrenaline hit like 110%, like every night. And it makes sense because, so I know, um, and this is not a bad thing by any means, but like, I know your last album wasn't exactly like the heaviest thing you guys have ever released. Sure, so the yeah. fact that the album you're coming back with, with is the heavy album just adds so much more spice to everything you just said. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying to figure I'm trying to choose my words carefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to get a, you know, an angry email from somebody. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh-huh. mostly heavy. Um, there's a couple tracks kind of, I mean, uh, radio likes, like somebody, and that was intentional. Somebody. You know, yeah. Heavy stuff. yeah. It's yeah. a great, every song is great. It has a nice balance between that radio friendly, like nice mainstream sound, but you're still kind of chasing that grit from the metalcore yeah. scene that you don't want to yeah. lose. And it's a perfect blend of the two, you know? Yeah. I appreciate that. And that, and that was another thing, like when your uh, last album before this one, well, I guess this album is not out yet, but the album before that, like you're always going to get the people that are like, Oh, it's not heavy enough, whatever. But like the whole time I was sitting back and I'm like, yeah, it's not a heavy album, but Memphis Mayfire is not going to just not go heavy again. It's going to happen at some point. Like y'all thinking they're just done with this sound. Uh Uh-uh. It ain't happening. Yeah, well, you know, it's, I mean, and I've said this a bunch of times before, but it's like when you, I mean, I, I can't even remember how many albums we've made by now. I think it's like <laughs> six maybe or so. I don't know, you know, and two EPs over the, you know, over like, what, 15 years. So, mm. you know, sometimes you do something different and, and it's either rad or it's not. And then you just, you, you know, you, p- you pick up and move on, you know, and that's, that's what you got to do. Yeah. And dude, I, I'm gonna just be honest with you. I enjoy the shit out of all all these songs so far. They're all fucking Thanks, amazing. It yeah. it feels so um, fresh. Yeah. That was the idea, man. We you know, we um we started right well, we started writing a long time ago. And originally we were supposed to basically have it done before all the COVID stuff happened. And then that kind of put a pause because we were gonna go fly to LA and do some rights with people out there and do some co-writes um all over and we had all these plans and then we just kind of had to scrap all that and it you know the next couple months kind of forced us to be like huh all right well you know what can we do better you know we already had a set of demos but we were planning on writing I don't know six more songs with other producers and stuff like that and so we just said you know like it looks like we're gonna do it here so like you know what let's just do it here and then we just I just started writing as much as I could I would send it every time I finished a song I'd send it to Matt and then him and and Cody would write to it and then send it back to me and we'd make some changes or change the key or, you know, change, move this here, move that there. And, and it was just a long, long, long process of trying to really refine everything. So yeah, it turned out cool. Yeah. And speaking of that, I saw on the song credits that you were credited as the main producer for all of these songs. Uh, is that true? Were you the yeah. main producer for everything? That's oh, yeah. so awesome. Was that, was that the plan originally or was that something that came about uh, once the COVID stuff happened and traveling kind of cut off entirely? Um, the simplest version of the answer is that we knew we were going to do it here. And 
you know, when you do a bunch of albums with, well, we did a bunch of albums with Cameron, we did some with some other dudes and they were, you know, we all had for the most part, good experiences, but you, you start to learn like, as you get older about your, like your own, like mental process, how you approach stuff. And, you know, like I, I've heard from numerous people that we're like a hard band to mix specifically. Um, like when we did a, huh. a remix of unconditional, uh, my friend, Brian hood here in Nashville, he, he remixed it. Um, mm-hmm. and I remember him telling me like, dude, do you know how hard you guys are to mix? And I was just like, well, <laughs> no <laughs> uh and so it kind of you know this this go around that kind of stuck in my head and it made sense because we have i don't know i i didn't grow up as a guitar player so i i do things maybe a little bit differently i grew up as a drummer and so i approach stuff in a different way maybe it's right maybe it's wrong I, it doesn't matter but um when you have that different kind of layout uh i guess is a way to put it then it can make things a little more challenging trying to fit them into certain spots within the song itself. Um, and so I just kind of like all fell into place and Matt and I had a conversation and he was like, I think, you know, I think you should produce the record. Like you obviously know what you're doing. You know how you want all your sounds to sound. He's like, you know, how, you know, you know how I want my vocals to sound and you know, like we should just do it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Now, did you mix it too, or did you just produce it? Yeah, the only thing I did not do is I didn't track or engineer the vocals. Okay. Tune them. Um, I did everything else. Tra- tracked all the wow. guitars, drums, uh, mixed it, did all the production, did all the effects, mixed, you know, mastered it. it dude, Which well, is crazy because... Congrats, because it sounds so good. Thanks, man. Yeah, for real. Like, I cannot stop complimenting how good that mix is, how good the production is. Everything's so well-balanced in that those drums like punch me in the chest every time I listen to those songs in like the best way. That's, that's my old uh, drummer roots just holding on for mm-hmm. dear life. Like I want loud drums, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> you know, that is one thing I did notice that was not ne- like, I'm not going to use the term better, but that was the thing that stuck out to me the most as a difference for these mm-hmm. songs versus you know, the last three or four albums is the drums were louder and they like, they sound so yeah. crisp. They're probably a, a smidge loud, but you know what? At the end of the day, it, if it makes the song smack, then who cares? You know? Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, I, I know I know that's kind perfect. of a trend lately, right? Tony, would you agree mm-hmm. that that's also a lot of artists are boosting drums a little bit louder than they did back in like, you know, the crab core scene, the 2011, yep. 12, 13. Well, of course, but also, you know, everyone's becoming a producer nowadays and there's mm-hmm. so many new tools coming out to get people the sound that they want to hear in their heads. And the sound that people are hearing in their heads are very loud drums. So honestly, yeah. once, you know, that's what everyone wants to hear. Yeah, so I yeah, think, I think, it I think is, about hip hop. Yeah, I mean, hip hop is is like vocal and drums, mm-hmm. you know, and then an 808, you know, so that's fair. Yeah, people are, are accustomed to hearing loud kick and snare. And so, you know, to me, it kind of just makes sense. And then when you layer that with like your guitar sounding fantastic as they always do and the vocals absolutely incredible like they are, it just, I don't know, it boosted it for me, <laughs> for sure. Thanks, man. Yeah. It, dude, you guys would die if you saw <laughs> how many like, like when I do versions of mixes and I do it, I'll, you know, I'll tag the date at the end of it. And it's like, there's, mm-hmm. there was like literally like two months worth of mixes, like just like 12 different <laughs> revisions. Oh, wow. Like. You know, so like going, how like, many trying this and trying this and trying this and trying this and trying this, you know, 
like how many layers do you like if you're looking at your screen how many different layers are there for like uh lead guitar or drums like how many layers are you working with at once on these songs oh too many um (laughs) that's what came to my mind when you said y'all were hard to mix i was like man i bet they just have layers upon layers (laughs) yeah and that's kind of that's my fault you know i i that's that's like my kryptonite is like oh this sound is cool let's layer that in there and then i'm like oh what about this sound let's layer that in there (laughs) you know it's like oh another piece of candy uh well i don't think your listeners are complaining is that that why your friend is that that why your friend said your band was so hard to mix because you just keep is that why your uh friend said that it was so hard to mix because you just got so many layers of stuff yeah probably i i think you know um a big influence of mine growing up uh, when I first started the band before Maddie or any of those guys were in, were in it was, was he is legend. And they always, um, it was, they always had like really cool layers of rhythm guitars within like different leads. Sometimes it was like a different lead on each side or like different tones of leads going like really, really subtle stuff. And that like really left um, an impression on me, like how I write stuff and try and write it really melodically and and so sometimes it gets me into trouble you know, by trying to just put too much sauce on there i appreciate the sauce <laughs> well i'm glad somebody does <laughs> now dude you just brought up a good point that i had completely forgotten about it is so fucking weird to think that maddie is not the original vocalist in this band yeah i mean not tech. I mean, I'm sure everyone yeah. considers him to be like, I definitely do, but like, wow, that what a blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, yeah. I kind of think of our old guys, like the, the starter vocalist, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Matt's obviously been in the band a thousand years longer. Um, right. And you know, he, he is, he is the singer of this band. I mean, he always will be, there's, you know, nothing that can take that away from him, but it is funny to think about like, you know, after our, the OG dude quit and then Matt and I had to, you know, fly out to Seattle to finish that record. Um, and then like do a bunch of writing there while we were in the studio. And, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of really funny memories, like, cause we didn't even know each other all that well at that point. And we were, here we were like for a month straight, just cooped up in the studio and, it's a little town outside of Seattle. And, and, you know, that was like our first studio experience together. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. A great way to cool. meet somebody. Just spend, spend some yeah. time in the studio. Yeah. That's how, you know, if you can get along with somebody, if you know, you can agree on what mm-hmm. to eat every night. <laughs> so sleep, was it, is it sleep? Gosh, sleepwalking. Yeah, you're right. Sleepwalking. Yep. That was written with two people that didn't even really know each other. Yeah. I mean, cause he had, you know, we did tryouts and then he flew out and pretty much like literally the second we started practicing and he would, he had written new stuff for the song we were doing. Um, and the second I heard him start singing and screaming, I was like, I looked at our drummer at the time and I was like, this is the fucking guy. Um, That's awesome. And, you know, I just, it was instantaneous. I mean, even after, even pretty much the moment I met him, just like his energy, you know what I mean? He's just yeah. like such a, a, outgoing warm bright dude and um and so yeah then you know i think it was maybe like a month or two later we were flying up to seattle to you know do all these vocals for this record that was like mostly done is is 
Yeah. It was next thing like, you know, you have a song on the yeah. <laughs> next thing you know, you have a song on the Saw movies from that album, right? Like, yeah. How did that yeah. come about? Yeah. I've never heard this story told. Uh, well, it's, I mean, I wish we had a really cool story for it, but th- the honest truth is that if I remember correctly, the soundtrack, um, I think was licensed or distributed by Trustkill or something like that. So that we were on Trustkill at the time before they right. turned into, I think it, before they turned into Bullet Tooth. Um, and so he had some, the owner had some hand in helping put out that, that uh, soundtrack. And so gotcha. he was like, Hey, you guys want to be on the Saw soundtrack? And we were like, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he just slid us on there and uh, That's awesome. the rest of history. It was very cool. Maddie was probably like, man, this is the first album I'm doing this band. I'm already in a, I'm already in a soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were pumped, man. It was, it was really rad. Do you look back on so, that? You, oh, go ahead, Tony. I was going to ask something completely unrelated. So if this is still related, you go ahead. First. No, no, it's not. I was changing gears. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay. I was just talking about more of these new songs. I also saw that you guys did some writing with Cody from wage war is that correct right. yeah matt and, and cody wrote all the vocals together dude he is cody is such a talented dude and to pair him with you guys i think that is one of the reason these songs sound as good as they do oh 100 yeah i mean that's why he, he you know he gets a, a writer's share on the whole on the whole record um you know he he's lived here in nashville well i mean down in spring hill for a while now um and I don't know if you guys have ever met him, but what's even more apparent than his talent, which is, you know, he's obviously a, a genius, but it's just his personality. He's just an amazing dude. You know, like he's that dude, when you meet him, you like, mm-hmm. you just want to hang out with him. He's just inviting and warm and stoked about everything. And, you know, he, um, you know, him and Matt have become really close because um, he pretty much lives down the street from that. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So he's over there all the time and everybody in, in that, and our whole crew here in Nashville has become really close. And so, you know, he's, you know, I, I don't want to like call him out, but he, you know, I think he would even say that he's been a, a fan of ours in, in a way for a while. And he, he like gets what I'm trying to do with, with our music. And so, you know, they just started writing songs and they just really, really clicked because they just, it, it was like this three-way, like, mind meld you know what i mean of everybody just like yeah. oh i totally get mm-hmm. it i totally get it and so it just the flow and the vibe was just happening and so we just did it song after song after song after songs so, you know i would send it to them and they would totally get it or they'd be like hey can we change this part here or like let's add a double double chorus and i'm like yeah 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 totally and you know and it just is yeah. effortless it's nice to write with someone like that where everything just kind of clicks like the writing mm-hmm. styles everyone has the same idea in their mind Mm-hmm. He just produces the best stuff. And that's what I was just kind of thinking about. Linked up with him. Oh, go ahead. Uh, oh. How, yeah, Tony. <laughs> I, I think I, I think you were you were overlapping a little bit, Tony. You froze up, and then all of a sudden you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Sorry about Uh-oh. that. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was, how it was did you guys get experience? Linked with that was my bad this time. Yep. <laughs> One more time, Tony. <laughs> How, uh, how how did you guys get linked up with Cody originally? Did you guys tour together before this, or was it just him moving into the neighborhood? Um, 
I think we played some festivals maybe with them, but uh, yeah, it was just him, him and uh, um, some friends of his all moved up here to Nashville uh, and more specifically down in Spring Hill. And, um, you know, so it just like was just a natural thing. Just everybody, you know, got to know each other and became close and the rest is history. It's a good history. We still have a tour with him though, you know? That's, that's like not yet uh, yeah not yet it will happen though we're just trying to figure out when i was gonna say so um and if i'm if i completely just missed it that is on me and i apologize but have y'all actually announced the name of your album and a date and all that yet or has that not happened uh no we're, i mean we're not even saying if it's an album or not technically oh okay uh because <laughs> uh, we're just we're doing you know we're doing singles for now um so we'll have an we'll have another single out i'm sure in the next month or so um because you've got a nice little ep going right now but if there's going to be more you could drop some hits yeah we could do an ep if we if we wanted to this i mean we have enough songs to do an ep or an album um but it's just uh it's one of those things where we aren't going to be touring the rest of this year and we won't be touring till next year um And so we've had a thousand conversations about how we always get bummed when we put out an album and four songs get played and then the rest just don't really get noticed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you put out like 10 songs, six of those songs get like half as many views or plays or whatever streams just because, you know, there's only so much stuff people can listen to. And so sometimes that's a real bummer because maybe you put a lot of effort into track eight and nobody really listens to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it really means something like very special to you, but nobody listens to it. Right. So that was like a big concern of ours. And I think also a part of our, you know, conversations were like, well, you know, this is, this is exactly what hip hop is doing. You know, it's like single, 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 single. Oh, here's an album you know or like here's a mixtape you know with just a a thousand singles first and so we're just like huh that seems like fun like and so that we just figured might as well try it and see how we like it i mean and there's no way you guys don't have a lack in albums you've put out a lot of work so the fact that there's nothing wrong with experimenting with that and i was going to say you said hip-hop but honestly it feels like it's bleeding over to every genre of music right now you know oh yeah people are doing singles and eps right now it's the thing. And honestly, yep. I don't, I haven't heard anyone complain about it. No one has been saying, Oh damn, this band just dropped an EP. I'm sad. I wanted an album. I haven't heard that comment yet. I don't know if you have, but I haven't. Yeah. I see it from time to time on social media. Like when's the album coming out? I'm like, what? I mean, just hang on. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I wish I could just send him a voicemail. It would just be being like, Hey, just to hang on. Okay. Well, well this is your voicemail. This is <laughs> yeah. the voicemail to your fans. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Cause you know, I, I'm an older dude. So I grew up with like physical copies of albums and you get the whole album and you're just so excited. You're like, yes. And you just listen to everything straight through. But you know, like to be honest with social media and attention span nowadays, and there's just always something new coming out you know, like it just, it really goes back to what I was saying. Like you only got so much attention for, you know, X number of songs and then the others just don't really get that attention. And so 
in in a kind of more ADD culture, it, it makes more sense. And yeah, you're you're totally right. I've seen a lot of bands doing singles instead. Um, and I mean, believe me, like that's a combo we had with with Rise too. About like, hey, is this something you guys would be cool with? Because you know, usually record deals are not structured that way, um, mm-hmm. and they were totally on mm-hmm. board. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but y'all have been on Rise ever since you left Trustkill, correct? So y'all have a long history with them. Yep, yep. We've um, we've signed and re-signed and re-signed with them. We um, you know, it just feels like home. They 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 get us. We you know have known most of the people working there for a long time. Um, yeah, it's just it's just home. And I remember like. I think I was watching an interview years ago where Maddie was like, Rise was like a breath of fresh air after what you guys mm-hmm. had to go through with the, your previous record label. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. we don't need to get into that because I'm sure everyone yeah, no, knows really about cool. that. But <laughs> I mean, everybody, dude. I mean, even at, there's no like, there's no perfect label, just like there's no perfect anything. There's no perfect band or right. perfect anything. I mean, you name it. Um, and, and it is very much like having a relationship with somebody only you have a relationship with like a group of people, mm-hmm. you know, that pay you and lo- loan you money and so on and so forth. Um, so if you can find like the best combo of that, then, you know, you gotta, you gotta hold on to that because it's, it starts to mean something more. You know what I mean? And don't fix something that's not broken. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I'm not shaming other artists that do this, but I know a lot of bands will, you know, they'll sign a, a one album deal with a record label and then they'll try something else. Something else. Yep. And it, and it happens. And I'm not saying I have anything against that, but like you definitely see bands on both sides and Tony chime in here. But like, I know a lot of bands will, will label hop, but then there are bands like you guys were like, yeah, no, this is working for us. So why would we leave? It's just yeah. different mindsets. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, like I was, it just goes back really to what I was saying is like, maybe some bands don't find, you know, like they don't find a way to build that kind of a relationship with maybe their go-to person at that label. And so they don't feel like, maybe they don't really have that really strong personal connection to this person or these people. Um, and so for them, it's like, oh, well, all right. I mean, that was cool, but let's try something else. But mm-hmm. for us, it's like, it's always been a thing where, like I know that when we turn in songs or we, we start sending them demos and stuff like that, like I know that they get it, you know, right. like, and, and that's a, a really rad feeling. I bet. Absolutely. And it, it, what is honestly just really dope too, is that like, like you said, I don't, you don't have to confirm this, but I assume you had an album deal with rise and they were just mm-hmm. like, nah, if y'all want to do singles, go for it. We know you guys. We're, we're all good here. We know no one's going to screw anybody else over or anything like that. Everything's chill. Yep. Y'all do you. Do Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we resigned with them a while back. And um, yeah, you're totally right. Deals are not structured in a way where it's like, hey, here's this clause for one single and this thing for another single. It's definitely always structured around, you know, it's got to be at least 10 songs and here are these deal points and stuff like that so um so yeah it was it was really refreshing to have that kind of a combo with them and they're like yeah totally like let's do that that makes total sense you know and then especially with all the COVID stuff last year it was it was like further pushed it to be like yeah this is actually exactly what we need to do (laughs) see i remember and i feel like the music industry lately 
has been going in that single direction, but then with TikTok getting so popular in the last like two years, like mm-hmm. it's pushed that it's pushed that even further because you have oh, yeah. artists now just blowing up off of that one song that got popular off TikToks, and they're starting to make entire careers just off of that one thing. Oh, so yeah. it's pushed that agenda further. Yeah, yeah, because those you know those dudes and, and gals aren't working on an album and then putting one song on TikTok. It's like they do one song and here it is. And then if it blows mm-hmm. up, then then they find then they get around to doing another song, and then that blows up. You know, it's 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 just like the the go 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 kind of work ethic. Can y'all imagine if every song on an album got like as much attention as that one song that blows up on TikTok and like everyone knows? It'd be be a whole nuts. other world. But isn't that yeah. what every artist wants? And you both are in bands. So you both can tell me this, but like, wouldn't you want every song that you've put your blood sweat and tears into to be have that much attention like hey yes this single that we released is fire it's getting radio play but we also work just as hard on all these other songs you know yeah 100 percent. unfortunately the world we live in right now (laughs) you you put it really good kelly when you said we live in an adhd like mentality yes i mean that it's it's pretty evident i mean isn't that pretty much what tiktok is i mean (laughs) yeah it's like like taps into it and presses the button you know like "Eh, here you go here's here's some more stuff here's some more stuff you know it's just it it makes sense and i think like tell me if i'm wrong again because i'm i'm for context i'm not a musician but both uh joe who's usually here and tony are musicians so i'm the one that like has gone to a hundred shows over in the last, you know, three years. Um, But so I'm a fan, but coming at it from my point of view, it's like, do, do bands put music videos out for the songs that they want to get attention? Or is that a label decision or how does that work? And Tony, you can chime in here too. Cause y'all made some dope videos. (laughs) I like Kelly go first. He's more experienced in this realm for sure. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know about experience, but, um, yeah, I mean, generally, like, the usual way it works is, like, you pick your three singles, and then you do a video for two or three of them, and that's where your entire video budget goes to, and then you do, you know, you do, like, visualizers or lyric videos for the other seven, you know, or, or eight or whatever, um, and it's not, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily always, like, a label decision thing. It's usually, like, a, a you know, a cooperative decision. Everybody decides on what they're going to do and where the budget is going to go. So it's, it's usually pretty amicable. Okay. Yeah. I've always wondered that I was like, I always wonder when I'm watching a video and I'm like, I wonder if there's a reason they chose this song to get the video. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just something I've always wondered as a fan. Well, I mean, people still flock to YouTube, so it makes sense to, you know, make, you know, maybe you want to spend more of your video budget on a really, really rad, video with a storyline all this crazy special effects and stuff like that for the for those really big song maybe that you're pushing to radio so that way people go to youtube and they're like oh man that song's awesome and then maybe they, they request it at the radio station or right. something like that you know it's it's a it's a pretty good plan that usually works yeah and yeah, i'm does the job i'm honestly surprised that music videos are still like as relevant today oh, as yeah. they were 10 years ago am i the only one that's surprised by that yeah, I mean, I, well, I don't know what would have what would have taken its place. What do you think? Shorts, TikTok shorts. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. Like, let's do a chorus video, guys. We're gonna do we're gonna do a video of just the chorus. 
Yeah, just the yeah. Actually, I mean, that's probably not a terrible idea. But I don't know. These this is where my brain goes when I'm Aaron, watching. You might these, be like, onto something. You might be <laughs> onto something now. Yeah, because you can put like See, you I know think... you can get so much more content out with just like oh we're gonna we're gonna release the chorus and then maybe one day if y'all are lucky and you really like that you might get the bridge and the breakdown too you know like yeah <laughs> hey if, if if i steal your idea i'm gonna give you credit for it dude i i'm take it <laughs> it's all yours <laughs> i'm gonna send an email right now <laughs> guys i got this great idea here here's how it goes yeah, write that down real quick yeah <laughs> The, the only thing I'll bargain for is that you guys can use my idea and not even give me props, but you can bring the whole band back, you know, next year or something to get on the show with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, by next year, hopefully Jake will have moved up here to Nashville. So then we can actually get everybody in one spot to do full band uh, interviews and videos. I say, have y'all been in a room together before, like before the tour, had y'all been in a room together, all of you? during COVID at all? Uh, you know, that's, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, Jake came up for his birthday. Um, oh, and I guess the music videos, right? Yeah. And we went and shot videos in California. Uh, there was like a, a handful of times, but other than that, we hadn't really seen each other very much. Uh, I mean, I, I see Matt like every weekend or every other weekend, but yeah, we hadn't, and, and Corey, he lives like way, way out towards Clarksville, which is North of Nashville. So we don't see him quite as much, but we're, We've been begging Jake, like, come live up to Nashville, man. So we don't have to keep flying you out every time we want to see you. Yeah. Do you go to a lot of Maddie's barbecues? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's the grill master. Dude, I, that was one of the best COVID, I guess, COVID kind of, I don't know if he's probably always done it. He's always probably smoked me and made it. But like when he started posting about it during COVID, I was like, why why haven't i learned a really cool skill like that because he looks so good at it <laughs> well you know he does it a lot i mean it's just like anything you practice it a lot and you get really good at it you know and then becomes like second nature what about you did you develop anything over the covid period that like you necessarily didn't give much thought to before um well yeah i mean honestly in a roundabout way the the nice thing about having that much time off from touring uh, is I'd always, I'd always like done uh, music production and mixing and, and co-writing on the side, just whenever I had time between tours and stuff like that. And whenever I wasn't doing other side gigs, um, but having all this time off really gave me a lot of time to actually be able to do that. And so I had a bunch of bands come in and do co-writes with me. I, I produced a bunch of albums um, and it really gave me the time to be able to focus on that which i've been really grateful for because it's it's made my it's finally like made my my business explode which is rad yeah that's awesome i was gonna say are there any projects that you've worked with specifically that you can talk about other than memphis oh yeah i mean I've, uh so so in nashville there's a lot of like christian rock and christian pop and stuff like that so i've worked with a bunch of christian rock bands here uh, mixed some of their albums, uh, produced a bunch of their albums. There's just a bunch of it here. So that that's tends to be, you know, what I end up getting. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, just, it's mostly been uh, heavier stuff. I've mixed some acoustic stuff for a couple other bands and um, it's, it's been really rad to just have like a whole plethora of like very different styles and, and, and sounds. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. That's what I grew up listening to. So that's, that actually, that's really? awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was the kid that was um, told I can't listen to anything unless it was Christian. 
um, when yeah. I was a kid. So, yeah. I, you know, I was yeah, bumping yeah. Skillet, Thousand Foot Crutch, and yep. all them. <laughs> yes, there's there's some dudes um, that are, there's like a super group of a couple members of some Christian rock bands, and they've they formed the side group. Um, Who is it? We, we've only got two, two, two or three songs, but they're doing a whole record, and I'm uh, mixing that. That's so awesome. Cool. Can you say who it is? I don't. I don't know if they are out, but it, it's called World Gone Cold. Uh, I okay. won't tell you who's in it, but um, yeah, it's that's, it's really rad, dude. I'll look for it for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I wanted to just kind of open the floor, like specifically because you know this is your first time on our show, and you know we we spoke to like Chris Dudley uh, last week from under oath. And so he was talking about yeah. how he was doing like movie scores and stuff like that during COVID. Yeah, yes. So like, it's I precious. love, I love hearing what people are did with that time because we can all sit back and be like, Oh yeah, it was depresso espresso the entire time. But like, there are some people yeah. that really took initiative and did some really cool stuff. And it sounds like you did that. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I follow him on Instagram too. He's, he's been just absolutely annihilating it. He's, he's so good at it. Dude. Um, it's, it, I'm really stoked to see him just doing so well at that and getting so many gigs doing that. Cause I mean, I'm, that's right up his alley. You know what I mean? Like that's just right within his wheelhouse. So it's, it's cool. Young Hans Zimmer in the making. Yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> what I was, I, after we stopped yeah. recording last week, I told Chris, I was like, so are you the next Hans Zimmer? Like <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I just went and saw Dune. Did you go and see Dune? Because Hans Zimmer was looking right at you. <laughs> yep. I wanted to go I wanted to go, I probably honestly will still go see it in the theater, but my wife and I, we watched it here at home and I did, it was like, the only thing I'll say is a little tiny bit slow at first. Right. But that's to be expected. Cause it's like what, two and a half hours and they have to do all this exposition of setting everything up. So you understand like all the worlds and everything that's going on with that. But I thought it was awesome. I went into that theater, not knowing Jack about it. I had no, oh, really? I didn't know it was already a thing. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know it was going to be two and a half hours. I yeah. didn't know anything. <laughs> and I, so, you know, I'm going in, I'm expecting to see Zendaya, like the whole movie. And Zendaya was like, only Very shit. <laughs> you know, I probably shouldn't spoil this. Never mind. But it was great. I enjoyed it. And what I will say, Kellen, is you definitely do need to see it in theater because that movie is gorgeous on the yeah. big screen like visual. Was, I, I know i need to see it in the theater because you know like uh like specifically the sandworm part mm-hmm. you know it's it's like watching it at home it's like a, a little dark on even on a big screen yeah. um but seeing it in the theater would be amazing so and just the cinema t- i mean dude even my wife was like man this movie looks awesome and i was like what she's like i don't know like the cinematography it's like i don't she's like is that what it's called i'm like yeah she's like yeah it's awesome i was like i know i and if she's noticing that, then it's really, really good. I expect to see a sandworm in the next Memphis video. <laughs> yeah, Matt riding the sandworm. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie's so on like fun. the Maddie's on like the very end of it with the fucking microphone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my man. god! Yeah, that would be hilarious. And you know, 4K is now an option on YouTube, so we could see every individual tooth on that thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that would be tight. Yeah. I, put all the budget towards a, a chorus a chorus on one song just like we were talking about earlier with the sand yep. that's all yeah. it is 
I, I feel like I, that's something I would have to explain to him because he'd be like, okay, so why are there sandworms? <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's not like a nerd like me. Like, I'm like, okay, so Dune, it's this, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, because I, I tried to read the books when I was little and like got halfway through it and was just like, oh, my brain. Uh, but I'm into all sci-fi and comic stuff. And he's, he's not so much. So I would have to be like, okay, here's why it's cool. And here's why it would be funny. And then he'd be like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> And y'all, y'all have done a music video in the desert before, so I know. So I know it wouldn't be that, it wouldn't be that difficult. Yeah. Well, it was, was that Stay the Course? Was that the video y'all did in the desert? Yeah. Stay. It was very, yeah. very hot <laughs> and dusty. It was, I mean, it looks great. Shooting videos in the desert looks amazing. I mean, I think Skillet's new video, they're out in the desert. Yeah. Um, it always looks rad, but it's kind of a logistical nightmare, you know, trying to like, first you got to pack up all your gear and drive way out to the middle of nowhere. You know, God forbid something happens. Cause then you're like 30 minutes from the nearest town, you know? So it, uh, it's always a challenge, you know? I just remember deserts being like a phase, like for a while. Oh yeah. And I loved the hell out of it. I was like, yeah. dude, this it looks, looks awesome. so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're all speed. sweating like yeah. crazy, but it looks so good. Oh yeah, dude! Between every shot, we were just climbing in our our manager at the time his his uh his little jeep. All five of us just cramming in there, just like turn the AC up, you know, like just trying <laughs> to get the dust out of our our eyes. And yeah, it's but it's it's fun. It 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 always turns out really really rad. And that you're for sure right. It was definitely a phase thing. We're like, okay, so here's the video treatment. It's you guys in a desert what do you think like, <laughs> yeah it was abandoned like, yes. warehouses all right ab- take our abandoned, money yeah. Yeah. abandoned warehouses abandoned houses um yeah. pools or like that were meant to look like they weren't pools and mm-hmm. deserts <laughs> yep oh, in the rain too they have a video in the oh, rain the as rain. well that oh was- that's right wow. yeah gotta have lots of rain you know? yeah, and, and from uh, the center era, Maddie likes putting a bunch of gunk on his face and screaming. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. I forgot he, about that. He would he would admit that he did not like it, but that it looks cool. <laughs> Dude, that I, I wonder. I'm like, do the band members say, "Hey, I want to put blood on my whole entire body and all over my gear while I'm no. singing this chorus"? No, no way. No. <laughs> uh, Dude, I remember uh, Jake and I, we actually shot a whole like scene for the center video. It was like at the very end, we shot all day and all through the night. And then at the very end, I think it was the director who was like, dude, we should go down to the lake um, and get, you know, two of you guys, you know, we had like these wigs and prosthetic stuff on. He's like, we should get a shot of you guys like emerging from the lake and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah, that sounds tight. We're like, okay, let's go do it. And it's like, you know, three o'clock in the morning. So we go down to the lake and it's like dead silent out there, except for like, you know, crickets chirping and stuff like that. There's no light out there other than like the camera lights. And he's like, and we're like, so wait, what do you want us to do? And he's like, (laughs) you know, just walk out in the water and then go underwater. And then I'll count really loud to three. And then you guys slowly come out of the water. And I'm like, okay, this idea is getting worse by the moment. Like, <laughs> and then just literally going out and sitting underwater for like a couple seconds in the middle of nowhere at four o'clock in the morning or something. It, it's a little nerve wracking, you know? I bet. 
like we could disappear right now and this would be a scene from a horror movie like <laughs> so on the subject of music videos um what was your favorite to film and your least favorite to film because i know you guys have a lot of them oh man uh that is a challenging question uh the center one was kind of funny. Okay, I'll admit, it was kind of funny getting to watch Matt have worms dumped on him. You know, when you're like, when you get to see worms dumped on your one of your best friends, it's kind of hilarious, you know? And so those were real like, worms? Those weren't like props or anything yeah, like that? It's been a long time since I've seen the video. Like 10,000 live worms getting slowly dripped on him. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, the when he calls his picture ID on my phone, phone is like him with his face all mangled looking and the worms around him it's still funny to me this day uh the worst worst video um, not how it turned out but like just a film like because all your videos are great but um i don't know that i have necessarily a, a worst um they've all been pretty rad some just have like different challenges yeah um we did a thing one time where we shot uh out a number of videos back to back um and that was just that was it, it wasn't bad it was just hard you know especially trying to like remember the songs for each one like oh wait how does the song go um right yeah i don't know they, they we never had like a bad experience per se they they've all always been really rad we've done a bunch of videos now with the uh, caleb mallory he does the he's done like the last probably five or six videos for us and he like he's a friend of ours he gets it he knows what we like and what we don't like always takes really good care of us always has like a really pro staff and you know makeup team and all that so it's he, he makes it like pretty enjoyable uh, as far as that goes yeah that's awesome <clears throat> um tony i know you probably came more prepared with questions than i did um so i wanted to give you the floor here to ask anything that you hadn't gotten a chance to ask yet well, you're already on the topic of music videos. And I wanted to ask, you guys have just released all those singles and really stuck out to me that the set was the exact same for every single one. You had the whole TV thing going on. It was really interesting to see that. I knew that was going to have to come up. <laughs> I don't well, think we're saying it's a bad thing. It's, a bad thing. No, really it's, funny. it's no, no, it's not a bummer or anything. Um, so basically we shot that during um during covid out in california and uh it was one of those things you know so like with a record deal you get like you know you haggle like how much you want for video budgets and marketing budgets and record budgets and stuff like that so you know like when you do album here's your money when you know and here's how much we're gonna get you know we commit to doing for marketing and here's how much we commit to doing for videos and so generally you know, really nice videos are very expensive. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you'll spend 20 grand like without blinking an eye. Um, and it was just one of those things where at that time we didn't know when or if we were going to tour anytime at all soon. Um, this was way before we even knew about the Breaking Benjamin tour. Um, and so we wanted to, we didn't get the, the opportunity with these songs to do like a like a live stream or a live playthrough or anything like that 
um, just because we have so many logistical challenges with Jake being out. And then, you know, we were still actually, I think at the time we, had, I think maybe we were just finishing up the songs, uh, if I remember correctly, but long story short, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, if we have this budget, what can we do with it? You know, do we blow it all on one really super sick, you know, storyline video with, with all these VFX and everything like that? Or do we chop it up and save it for three songs? And it was one of those things where we love every song that we've, you know, gotten ready. And it was like impossible for us to choose. Cause like generally with an album, you know what like your three singles are. It's like, here's your radio song. Here's maybe your second radio song and here's your heavy song or whatever, or vice versa. Um, and so then it's like, okay, we're gonna do videos for these three. And it's usually like pretty straightforward, but this time around we're like, oh, how do you, how do you pick? How do you pick? And, and uh, so just one of those things we wanted to shoot, um, shoot a bunch of them, you know? And instead of having like an okay visualizer where you're just like, on YouTube, watching the lyrics pop up on the screen or something that's animated moving around. Uh, we just wanted something different because we knew for the most part that we weren't gonna be able to go out there and hang out with our fans and play for our fans. Mm -hmm. So we figured the next best thing was um, basically do like a live playthrough. Um, and that was kind of the idea behind it. It's just like, give them the vibe of what, like if you can't come see us, this is kind of what it would be like, you know, something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I personally, I think, the second video when it came out i was kind of like am i losing my mind or is that the exact same set <laughs> and you know at first i was like i don't know how i feel about that but then after they were all out i was like you know what i don't have a problem with this i love watching bands perform live sure yeah and like if i look at it like this is not a video that is meant to entice some big storyline or anything like this. Right. This is just getting to watch you guys do what you haven't gotten to do during COVID. So That's I love it. Exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 It's, it, yeah. it turned out cool. Um, it, yeah. It's funny. We for sure got a little bit of that sentiment for some people like, wait a minute, did, is this the, am I watching the right one? Like, is the, is this the correct video? Um, but yeah, you know, we, we actually, there was a dude that did, um, different variations of like these really really cool graphics that you probably won't notice just watching the video but he did different graphics for each one and like some of the ones we have coming up um have some really really cool like space stuff like where it looks like you're i, I don't know it's really really cool i don't know how he does that but it, it turned out really rad and so we were stoked on it that's awesome did yeah, so did y'all oh go ahead Tony. I thought the videos really represented the songs well. I mean, they didn't have a storyline or anything, but the yeah. energy, you could really get the energy from the songs in the videos so well. I thought it was a very good, very well done video. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was that was the idea. I, I hope uh, I hope people vibe on that. See, here's the thing. And the only, mm -hmm. the, the people that I have seen that were complaining about that, the very next comment that they posted because i noticed this i would see the same person like because i like looking at comments i just i just eat it up but the very next person's like oh man i'm so glad they're heavy again this song is a banger then they'll yeah. complain about the video it's like dude they're a band they make music that is what is yeah. important here and these songs are straight fire <laughs> so like yeah yeah you know and at the end of the day we could have done like this <coughs> you know super expensive video with this long storyline and very you know cinematic and stuff like that because we've done that before um uh we did that with uh, a song called the slide i hold 
and you know spent a ton of money on that and you know had guest people come be in it and rented out this big set that they film movies on and all this stuff and it was really rad and it was a cool experience but at the end of the day we we're like oh okay well so i guess that's done like <laughs> uh, well, forty thousand right, dollars later yeah well I, all right i guess we'll just do some visualizers for the rest of the songs and so you know it's, it's i would cool, rather but... see the same set over and over again than get an album full of visualizers me personally yeah i just we just kind of felt like visualizers were a smidge we just already done it you know what i mean we're getting to the point where you can make a really high budget visualizer on your iphone nowadays you know like oh, yeah yeah i mean due to uh, an artist named zana that i i did her record and she's putting out singles now and she sent me uh like a visualizer lyric video for one of her new songs uh and this guy literally did it in like four hours and it looks amazing yeah and i'm like whoa okay well <laughs> i mean it's more power to you i mean it, it looks sick um but it was just like you know we've already done that so we this has been a whole process of us wanting to try a bunch of different new things absolutely and i think it paid off absolutely thank you i appreciate that so you mentioned how you guys got some other stuff coming out soon and i know this is the part of the show where i'm just going to say talk about what you can talk about and i won't push you but what can you talk about for the coming future and what can you tease for the coming future um i i don't know release dates off the top of my head but um suffice to say you know if if you're dig if you know people are digging the three tracks we have out thus far is it three or f- i think it's four 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 now yeah so i can't even keep track uh <laughs> you know i i always sit, tell people when they ask me questions like that and i'm like i just work here like <laughs> like my, my job is to make sure the music is awesome i'm like you know and then when we have rehearsals or tours i'm like the band conductor you know it's like if there's ever questions it's like kellen blah blah blah, blah. this is going wrong we need you to fix this and so that's kind of my role, not okay. so much the scheduling and, and business side of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you dig what we've put out thus far, then you'll definitely dig the back half of everything that we have coming up. Um, you know, we got like, yeah, it's just, it's hard to like describe it. I mean, it's, there's a lot of angry stuff. Um, there's one track that's kind of more electronic in some parts of it that I thought would be the radio single for sure and so we were kind of surprised when the radio team was like actually it's this one um but that song i'm i'm really really pumped about that's probably my favorite uh track i'm not sure when it's coming out to be honest um but yeah this is i mean unanimously if you were to talk to any of the other guys it's our favorite record um it's the one we're definitely the most proud of we think that the heaviest parts are the heaviest parts we've ever done um, and then like the really cool chorus stuff. I mean, that's just like, you know, it, everything is all our favorite. It's, it's very satisfying to, to do that. And we did it all like internally pretty much, you know, that's awesome. And I, I know I'm, you're going to have to like send me an email or something when the song you're referring to comes out. Yeah. And be like, this is the one I was telling you about because yeah. I'm excited for that. It's very, mis- it's yeah, it's a very mysterious sounding song. So Oh, so like Vaulted Ceilings Part 2? I mean, it's kind of in that vibe a little bit, yeah. I loved that song. I It, <laughs> it was sad that that song was just like on an EP that like, in at least from what I can see, kind of gotten forgotten about, but I loved that EP and that song specifically. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I, I like that song a lot. That was a lot of fun to do. It's yeah, it's kind of a similar mysterious vibe like that. Um, and it's got some some heavy smack smacky stuff in it. Uh, yeah, it's you know, we we, we tried to be really intentional, um, you know, not to fucking go on and on. But, uh, you know, we we knew that, you know, that we've got people that wanted some heavy stuff again. And to be totally honest with you, it was kind of a unanimous thing within our camp of being like, you know, it'd be fun to do some heavy stuff again. Like mm. sometimes playing heavy stuff is fun. Sometimes playing more radio stuff is fun because, you know, like uh, our song, we have a song called the old me and that did really well at radio and it got us to new ears that probably would never have listened to us. Right. Because there's a lot of people out there that just, they just don't are not into the screaming. You know, right. Not. Absolutely. It's fine. That's totally cool. Um, but, you know, they're into some loud rock guitars and drums and some heavy singing. And so getting to do stuff like that is rad because it, it opens you up to a whole new audience that, in my opinion, like really, really appreciates what you put out when it's like that, when it's their vibe. Right. Um, <clears throat> and it also gives you the opportunity to maybe go play shows or festivals that you couldn't do before. You know, because maybe you would be, you just didn't quite fit on the bill. But now that if you have a couple of radio songs, they'll put you on the bill. You can play to even more new people. Um, I mean, like, I'll tell you straight up on that Breaking Benjamin tour, you know, we were playing to a couple thousand people that had never heard of us every night. I'm sure. And then, yeah. And, and every night we would get people saying like, man, never heard of you guys before, but I, I love you guys. And that was the exact idea. So, so I have a really interesting question. Do y'all... So when you go on tour with like Breaking Benjamin or Papa Roach, do when y'all are picking the set list, do you pick songs that align more with that sound or do you just make a set list of the songs you want to play? Um, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, a, it, yeah, it's a combo of like, well, let's, let's pick like the three or four songs that we know like that our diehard fans that are coming are going to want to hear, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so we usually do that. Uh, and then we pick whatever stuff we've done at radio, um, you know, so that, so we like pick two songs off our last record and then we play, play the new songs and then you have a set. So it's like four old, two or three radio songs and then two or three new songs. And then, you know, you only got 40 minutes to play anyway. So, right. So the conversation, the conversation doesn't necessarily go like, oh, well, we should play the old me specifically because that sounds more like Breaking Benjamin or Papa Roach. It's 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 done. No, No. Um, but, you know, we definitely I mean, it's when we like, for example, like when we would play that song for that crowd, a lot more people knew that it it kind of seemed like they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard this song before. (laughs) Yeah, I know you guys, you know, Um, so yeah you just you don't want to like just rattle off a bunch of heavy songs or songs that they're not familiar with that you maybe aren't going to earn you their trust as a right as a listener um so yeah you kind of have to be intentional but we're also in a space where it's like we've played so many songs for so many years that it's kind of like we all we want to do now is play our radio singles and play new stuff um Mm -hmm. and then like you know sprinkle in the center or vices or whatever right it's not like you're cutting the center for anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I hate to see those tweets yeah 
Just saw a Memphis think... Mayfire in Memphis, Tennessee tonight, and they didn't play the center. And they didn't I'm going. Play the center, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that's probably ever ever gonna happen. Yeah, dude, I love what like Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco did with "I Write Sins, Not Tragedies," where every time he performs that song live, he changes the lyrics now because he has admitted fully that he is so sick of that song. <laughs> and yeah, I wonder if that is a thing with all bands, like. You know, the center was great when it first came out, but it, man, we are getting tired of playing it every single night. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like uh, when you play the same song for like 10 years in a row, you, uh, well, you, like I've noticed that we just start like playing it a little differently. Oh, yeah. So like Jake will add different drum fills and, um, you know, maybe I'll play the parts a little bit differently or, or just kind of change things up a little bit just to try and keep it interesting you know like especially if it's a song that's not like super duper challenging and and you know you've been playing it a, you've played it a thousand times um but one thing we try and do to keep it fresh is that um so we're all on in-ears um and you know everybody has like a different mix of what they hear and uh so on a usual tour maybe on one that wasn't quite um in front of so many people uh we usually like put stuff in our in-ears that's funny um so we always usually have like something funny in our ears like as the intro is playing we have that pretty quiet and we have like some sort of funny you know like i think we used to put kanye doing the, the <laughs> poop <laughs> like <laughs> putting that in the intro for our ears that only we hear and so we're just like giggling backstage just to like get you in a funny mood and we, we used to take like um Corey has like a an uncle that always has really funny southern one-liners and i would like take a little snippet of his voicemail and put a bunch of reverb on it and sneak it into like the tracks of our set or uh that's amazing you know like you just trying to find funny stuff and slip it in there I, i've put like dog barks in our tracks before like right on this downbeat of a breakdown there's just a like a or i'll put like I'll put like farts with reverb in the tracks. And I mean, you know, you got to do silly stuff to keep it interesting. Have you ever slipped someone up with one of those before? <laughs> um, yeah, occasionally. Some t- there have been a couple of times where we, we usually have like something funny as like our walk-off music. So when you're walking off stage, it's like a comedian or something. And, and there have been a couple of occasions where I had it too close in the tracks to the end and so we're like just hitting the downbeat and then something starts playing and it just confuses everybody <laughs> i can like, just, just imagine. turn it off turn it off i'm like sorry sorry it was my bad i can just imagine maddie going to sing like the last lyric to a song or something and hearing something in his in-ears just like <laughs> oh shit i'm supposed to be singing <laughs> <laughs> oh dude i mean he he has it so we have it so automated now to try and make it foolproof for him because when he sings and he's in the zone, he's literally like in his own world. Like, and so he's like a, he's like a repetition guy. So if he doesn't do the same set list every night, he probably will get, he might get tripped up or confused. And so we have stuff in our in-ears that tell, that will tell him what the next song is instead of having to look down at a piece of paper, you know, so we get, you finish a song and then you have a couple seconds of space and then it's like somebody's voice in this case it was our friend Mylon and he's like all right boys up next is vices and uh <laughs> and then he'll even say like the first line of the song just so that Matt's like oh yeah okay cool so he won't 
so that he won't forget it. And it's, it works perfectly because there've been a couple of times, you know, I mean, usually when you do like a four week tour or a six week tour, sometimes you get a little loosey goosey because you're just, you've been out on the road for so long and, right. and you get like in your own head and maybe you're singing and you start thinking about like, Oh, I need to wash clothes tomorrow on our day off. <laughs> and then you're like, Oh wait, what's the next line? What's the next song? You know? So this kind of helps try and alleviate that. I think all bands that do this should just come forward and say they do because it makes complete sense to me. And oh, now yeah. I can watch for it while I'm, while I'm watching shows, I'd be like, hey, there was a joke in his in-ears just now. Cause I saw him yeah, crack a smile. hundred yeah. percent. Yep. That's exactly what's going on. <laughs> well, um, I know we're getting towards the end here and I didn't ask you how much time you had at the beginning of the show. Um, you're good. Bro. Cool. Um, so I guess just to, get to wrapping things up we don't necessarily need to wrap things up right this second but i mean is is being in memphis today at on october 27th you know 2021 did you if you go back you know to when sleepwalking came out would you see everything that you guys have done all the cities you've played all the the great fans that you've acquired along the way i mean did you did you see this when you first started no no way uh, so you're pretty happy with where you're at yeah. huh? i mean yeah dude i was a uh, i was a spring chicken back in the day making music in my bedroom at my dad's house you know like living with my dad just trying to save up so that when i did move out i could actually afford you know to live on my own and um i mean dude i've i've lived out of our practice place before i've lived out of our van before i've never thought that it, it would actually happen um but i'm very stubborn <laughs> so I just like, just kept doing it, kept doing it. And, uh, luckily, you know, I mean, there was a lot of luck and I think a, a, a smidge of talent that went into it. And, um, you know, it, it, it's pretty wild that it's, we've been doing it this, this long. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I was telling you earlier, I, I grew up playing drums and so I thought I was going to go like be a drummer or a music teacher. That's originally what I thought I was going to do. And I went to college for it and I was like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the amount of hours that they required us to c- complete our program just didn't even, uh, nobody did it in four years. It was always like four and a half or five years for this one uh, program that I went and, and joined. Um, and I was just like, this is not, you know, like grinding and grinding to where you're like burnt. That's not what I want to do. Um and so being able to do that eventually for a living and then have that kind of like parlay into me getting interested in producing different artists or mixing or, all, you know, so on and so forth and have that grow into a career on my own has, has been pretty amazing. Dude, that's awesome. And um, something that I just thought of, I was like, you, you started as a drummer and now you're mm-hmm. a guitar player and it seems like you really enjoy that as well. Um mm-hmm. I wanted you to, because I'm not the musician here. I wanted, I know a lot of our listeners like, like to hear about like, you know, gear and equipment and stuff like that stuff that I don't have education in. So if I was going to give the floor to you two for a minute, just to talk about that kind of stuff, because I know Tony is very well versed in this area, whereas I am not. <laughs> oh, you're going to let me nerd out. I'm going to let you nerd, let me nerd out, out for a minute. And I'm going to go tell my cat to be quiet. No. I saw you, I saw you uh, shooting the death stare over at somebody. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, oh, I couldn't hear it, but I was like, oh, somebody's making noise over there. <laughs> My cat wants attention. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, but, but speaking of gear, if we're going to talk about it, um, I want to come back to how good the guitar tones on this on these latest songs were. Um, Thanks, man. What were you using? Was it uh, were you using amp sims, uh, micing up real cabs? What are you guys doing nowadays? uh dude I, I haven't mic'd up a cab in about a thousand years uh <laughs> yeah you know I, I switched over to amp sims a long time ago and just never really looked back um and so yeah so no different this this go around um uh i used for the most part i used a lot of the stl tone hub stuff um mm -hmm. and they i mean obviously I, I love their stuff they you know i partnered with them they have a pack of mine um, and I use my pack, you know, shamelessly on a lot of it. Um, <laughs> most honestly, not even because like, I just wanted to be like, Hey, that's what I used my stuff on it. It was mostly because that's what loads up as my default when I open that plugin. And so mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that I write, I write around like, like how a sound makes me feel. Um, you know, so if I load up a tone and, and put a bunch of, uh, you know, like crunchy distortion on something, you know, and I'm using maybe like a really twangy sounding guitar, that's going to give me a different vibe. And so I'm going to write a different vibe song. And so, um, yeah, so it's all amp sims. Um, there's a couple tracks I think I used my Kemper on with just some random profiles, but yeah, it's all, it's all digital nowadays, baby. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Yep. That STL stuff sounds so good. I remember trying it the first time I opened it, I was blown away by it honestly. And they have so many artists on there. Oh, yeah. You got the every single pack from all these artists and it just goes on and on. I'm pretty sure you can try each one out for like a week or so for free. Mm -hmm. So um, it's definitely worth it. I mean, and they keep adding new stuff all the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. I use, I use my pack on it. I used, uh, I like Brian Hood's stuff. Uh, Lee from Bring Me the Horizon. He's got a lot of really great stuff. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Zach Servini's got a lot of great stuff. There's tons of really cool sounds yeah i'm pretty sure uh another one stl just came out with this week was like north lane like they they oh, dropped yeah. a pack with every single guitar tone they use for their entire album it's just all yeah. right there that's awesome i haven't checked it out yet i'll have to i'll have to grab it yeah i've been jumping between st stl makes amazing stuff mm -hmm. tone uh no not tone hub uh neural dsp they've also been making some killer stuff lately too Yep. There's so much to play with, you know? Yeah. I love their Gojira plugin. That thing is awesome. Oh, don't get me started. It's so good. And um, with, with, uh, with uh, the new songs, have you been messing with any certain guitars, any new setups, any uh, pick, uh, pickup swaps? Uh, no pickup. I, I suck at soldering. So I very mm -hmm. rarely swap out pickups. I'm just terrible at it. You know, I've tried and I've tried and I get solder everywhere and it just sucks. So I usually just leave whatever's in there. Um, I use my, uh, I've got a PRS baritone that I use for a lot of the really low stuff. Um, and I've mm -hmm. got a baritone that Kiesel uh, made custom for me. And I use that for like some of the really, really low stuff. Um, um, and they, yeah, I pretty much use, I've, I've got like three Kiesels that I use in one PRS. So like some are like more twangy, 
so that's cool for like some of the mm -hmm. single string stuff um that is on some other songs that aren't out yet um i use a lot of octave blend stuff so sometimes you gotta try like maybe this guitar sounds cool but the the low octave digital like it doesn't track quite as well sometimes but then with this other one maybe it tracks yeah. better so you always got to just try different ones i got yeah. you i got you yeah going like i remember when the first song you guys dropped of this group of singles was blood and water and mm -hmm. I remember I, like the day it came out, I was with my other band member. We were sitting there like, oh my God, Memphis Mayfire dropped a new song. All right, let's check it out. And we were so, we were so blown away by the production. Like it was literally top notch. Like I can't, I will geek out about it all day. This The drums, like Aaron was saying, they're so loud and they sound so crisp. I mean, like I just have to congratulate you on how good that mix was done. Like I really hope that you stick with that because it's top notch. That's yeah. I mean, you know, since we're not touring, that's literally what I do every day for a living is, is mix and, and do production. I get a lot of that too. People like with finished songs that just need production added or just, just a mix done stuff like that. That's yeah. But yeah, I appreciate that. I, it was, you know, I had a sound in my head. It was really hard to achieve because I wanted everything loud, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, I mm -hmm. want the drums loud and I want the vocals loud, but I also want the guitars loud. Oh, but I want to hear the production as well. And so then at the end of the day, you're like, well, everything can't be loud so you have to do lots of little automation tricks and all sorts of stuff i have a question in regards to that a little bit possibly and i'm not sure um but i believe in front of every video for this group of singles that have come out it has the yellow lettering and it says plus 75 decibels is that is that do you know what i'm talking about uh yeah i think i know you're talking it's like the little screen that flashes up for a second yes mm -hmm. I was going to ask if there was anything behind that, the plus 75 decibels, or I think that's what it says. Am I crazy? I, it, you might be right. I mean, I'm, I wasn't, uh, the video team, they designed all of the graphics for that and stuff like that. So I, I'm not sure the actual significance, but I can tell you for a fact that this record is loud. <laughs> yeah, it sounds I, I like it, it. I made it very loud. Uh, and that was kind of the idea. Like, I think a lot of true, audiophiles and and you know probably big name guys would kind of not be stoked on how you know how loud it is but that was kind of like you know like when you go to a concert and you are watching a band and it's just like it's like right at the point of being so loud that it almost starts to hurt your ears but that's like kind of part mm -hmm. of the sound like we you know we toured with a mirror way back in the day and i remember watching them sound check every every morning and just like standing out there being like, they are so loud and it sounds amazing. <laughs> and I think that kind of like left an impression on like, you know, I want the songs to sound like if you were to go see us live, that it would be like that loud. You know what I mean? Well, and when, so Tony, I can't remember if you were there or not, but um, Blue Ridge Rock Fest 2019. Were you there, Tony? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we were there. You guys played that that day. I don't know if you remember or not. That was actually the first time I'd ever seen y'all live. I'm, it, yeah, I always get that one mixed up with this other festival that we got. It, we didn't play because it got rained out. But well, I, this one was yeah, in Virginia. In Virginia. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my first time seeing y'all. And I remember, um, I was a little late to your set, but I remember when Heavy as the Weight came on. 
I did not. And again, for the listeners that have not heard the song, this is not necessarily a heavy song. No, it's not. Yeah. But I remember hearing this song and this is like my biggest memory of seeing you guys live is how, when that chorus kicked in after like the lighter verse, how Mm -hmm. loud it was. And I remember being (laughs) like, why does it sound so loud? But how does it sound this loud, but also this good? Like, Thanks, the, I think you even have some like 808s in the verses and stuff like that that take yeah. place in that song and they just sound so good. There's no like weird vibrations or anything like that. And I'm like, dude, no wonder they sound so good on an album if this is the shit they're putting out live. Like, <laughs> Well, that's good to hear because, you know, you, you don't usually ever get to hear what you actually sound like out front, you know, unless you have a bunch of time to sound check. Yeah. You know, and you can, you can go walk out front, you know, wirelessly and, and, pull out your in-ears for a second and listen and be like, Oh, that is loud. That sounds good. Okay, cool. And, you know, you give a thumbs up to your front of house guy and walk back to stage. Uh, but you know, with those festivals, you never know what it's going to sound like. So that's right. comforting to hear. Cause we're always like a little nervous about that. No, y'all sounded really good that day. And I was really happy that that was my first time seeing y'all because you know, it was one of those days where it was like 90 degrees. Again, Tony, were you there this year, Tony? You, yeah, you played. I, what am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were there in 2019. Like, Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know if you attended yeah, Memphis's no, show. Numbers are hot. Oh, yeah. I think they were the first band I watched that day. And it was also my first time seeing them. And I remember being so hyped to see them because I, I didn't go to any of the warp tours, any of that. So I never got to see all these bands that I was listening to. They didn't tour around this area that much. So mm. Blue Ridge Rock Fest was perfect to get to see all these bands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were loud. They, yeah, and louder than most bands that day. And another thing that comes to mind there is just like, there's a lot of songs that I've listened to that are loud, but it doesn't sound as crisp. Like you, maybe the vocals are a little bit overshadowed by the drums because they turn mm-hmm. the drums up, but that is never the case with y'all. Like ever, Your everything sounds... Tony and I could go all day. Like, you know, normal people, they'll go to Pornhub. We would go and watch mixes, <laughs> like just listen to yeah. really good mixes. Yeah, that's like, I, even though I'm not a musician, I'm an audiophile. I'm the person that likes to go and find the really, really high definition versions of the songs and purchase yeah. them because I want yeah. to hear all those elements. Yeah. You want that fidelity. Yeah. So the fact that I can go to Spotify who destroys quality on music and hear everything that I hear in these singles just blew my mind. Yeah, that was something I was a little worried about, you know, because sometimes when you, um, especially with mastering, you know, like when you crank something up to be super duper loud, um, you know, all these streaming services, they, they automatically just level everybody's stuff out. So it doesn't matter how loud you made it originally, they'll pull the level down, period. Um, and sometimes when they do that, if you mastered it super duper loud, like just brick walled, it kind of messes with the way it sounds a little bit, or it'll, you know, sometimes the conversion makes it a little too crunchy. So I, I was a little worried about that, but I, I've heard it on Spotify and like, you know, most people are listening either on their phone or in their ear, you know, the AirPods or something like that. And so for me, it's like, eh, it sounds, it, you, you are right. It does change the quality a little bit, but as long as it's like, you, you can still hear everything then that's all that matters yeah yeah and i think the first time that was ever really evident up to me and <laughs> this actually involves you tony i think tony sent me um a cover that their band had done 
of country roads, but it was over like, um, Oh, what was, it was a Dropbox file. Wasn't it? Yep. 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 And I, I remember listening to that. I'm like, why doesn't Spotify sound this good? Like listening to an actual file that someone sends me on Dropbox is always so much cooler than listening to it on Spotify. Well, dude, what's crazy is even Dropbox, they, their algorithm still even compresses it a little bit and you have a little bit of Mm -hmm. uh, quality loss which is a bummer because I, I can't live without Dropbox when I'm sending mixes out to clients. But right. there's a, um, oh, what are they called? There's a new service that I just signed up for. It's basically like Dropbox, but it's totally lossless. So when you send out mixes or when you listen to mixes, it's it, there's literally no conversion or compression on it at all. But they just don't have a desktop app for it yet. I can't, oh man, I can't remember what it's called, but uh yeah, I can't live without Dropbox. I mean, I'm sure you can't, Tony. I mean, anytime you make a change to something or you're sending files, you have to send it. I mean, it's just so so easy. You just drag it to the folder and it's done. You know, as opposed to having to open yeah. your browser, go to this subfolder and then drag it into a, a browser. That is just that's the only bummer about it. So yeah, but even compared to Spotify, Dropbox still sounds better. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, it's true. But I had that know, setting on my Spotify it had a something in the settings where you could turn off the uh, you know, all that extra stuff they do and you could hear like the most raw version they could show you. And I changed that like a month ago. Mm. Yeah. And ever since I did that, it's actually gotten better quality. Really? Yeah. I think they just had that default Mm -hmm. probably for, you know, keeping people's data streaming down and it makes sense. I mean, if you're hosting like an immense amount of audio, you know, and think about how, like how many millions people are streaming from Spotify right now, it makes total sense that they would have it set up in a way that maybe you like, maybe you lose a shaves off a bit of top end and it shaves off a bit of bottom end. Like it, it makes sense. I totally get it. And it still sounds good. It's just not the same, not quite the same as like a, a CD, you know, file or, or something, you know, bounce straight out. Yeah. Tell me how CDs sound better today than streaming services. <laughs> do. <laughs> Dude, I can't even remember the last time I actually listened to a CD. I mean, no, I mean, it's, pretty much done isn't it i I don't even know i mean hey you guys still put cds out at least you did for your last album so oh yeah i'm sure yeah i mean vinyl seems bigger than cds though right now right i know that's that's for sure where it's going i mean because they're not putting i mean are they really putting cd players in cars anymore probably not no i i haven't seen one yeah so i don't know it's just going to be for the you know they want something tactile something people can hold and that's what's nice about a vinyl is it's it looks cool it's got a cool vibe to it if you have a record player it has a certain sound to it It, you know i think it's cooler anyway my sister i was at my sister's house the other day and she got a package while i was there and it was this little like square box i was like what the heck is that she opened it up and she's like oh yeah it's my water parks cassette tape oh that's cool (laughs) apparently cassette tapes are making a comeback and i'm like where are you gonna listen to that at (laughs) like but yeah, you got to go to like a pawn shop and get a boom box. Well, and I noticed this just the other day, my record player that um, my fiance bought me um, getting ready to move into our apartment was our like move in gift. It has a cassette player on like the side of it. I was like, really? Huh? That is brilliant. Because I tell you, that's what, actually pretty tight. Yeah, it is. I'll tell you, if vinyl's going to make a comeback, there's no reason why cassette tapes won't. Yeah, that's really cool. I never I didn't even think about that. That's, that makes total sense that they would add that on there. It's like an extra incentive to, to have it. Yeah, that's really cool that they're doing that. 
Yeah, I, w- I was pretty hyped. But uh, guys, we are getting to the end here. And um, again, um, Tony, thank you so much for stepping in for Joe. I know when he listens to this episode, he's probably going to be horrified how we talked over each other eight times when he's editing it and trying to make us sound good. Um, hey, he'll fix all that after. Yeah, no, Joe, we expect this to sound perfect. You, We better... Yeah. You can make us look good in front of all these people. And then, um, Kellen, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been one of my favorite interviews and I really hope you would come back on our show one day. Yeah, man. Just holler at me anytime. Yeah, man. So, um, I get, so I'm not used to this because Joe usually does all the closing stuff, but Tony, (laughs) Tony, where can they find us on Twitter? I'm quizzing you. (laughs) Uh, I think it's, uh, at get low podcast, right? Is Close enough. It? It's at get underscore low underscore pod. You can also oh, find us at anchor.fm slash get low. You can send us voice messages and, you know, get on Twitter and tell us how we are way better without Joe and how Tony should be the permanent <laughs> replacement. <laughs> so. Did you see Tony's face when you threw it to him? He was like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, tr- so I'm recording the video too. And I'm going to try and go back and grab a screen grab of Tony's yeah. face. When I said yeah. that. Oh, that's, no. that's the thumbnail right there. Yep. That's, oh, that's not no. only the thumbnail for this episode. It's going to be the thumbnail for their next music video. And two sides of me releases a song. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> well, um, again, guys, thank you both. And Kellen, we look forward to hearing the new stuff coming out. Um, where can they find your stuff? And is there anything you want to promote? This is your moment. Uh, yeah, man. Just, you know, check out the band's Instagram, Memphis, uh, Memphis May Fire. Um, mine's uh, MMF Kellen. Um, and you can head to my website, kellenmcgregor.com. Um, yeah, we'll have new stuff coming out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to wake you right up. Dude, hell yeah. Well, we're stoked. Well, that'll do it, gentlemen. Um, we look forward to the next week's episode and many weeks going forward with Tony and go check out the new Memphis Mayfire singles, especially if you're an audiophile, the mixes are perfect as we went on and on about, but we're going to get out of here. I'm Aaron. I'm Tony. And as always, (laughs) it's Kellen. I thought you were throwing it to me, bro. We're figuring it out as we go. Yeah, no, yeah, this is okay. this is a, a change in leadership here going forward. <laughs> well, you guys have a good one. That's Tony, that's Kellen, I'm Aaron, and as always, get low. <laughs> <laughs>